Hello, and welcome to Educational Triage, where we discuss issues in alternative education. This is a discussion about teaching by teachers, for teachers, and others who are interested in the alternative education world. We hope you find today's episode relevant, engaging, and useful. And if you do, please subscribe. I'm Tony Hunt, and I'm here to help guide you with the help of my friends, Christy and Philip. And welcome back for another round of educational triage. This week, we have with us Philip Summers. Aloha. And Christy is unable to make it tonight because of family matters. So uh, <laughs> anyway, so Philip, you brought up an incredibly interesting and relevant topic that I think we need to talk about, and maybe it's going to take up more than one episode. So why don't you oh, lead us into this discussion? Well, you asked, you know, what could be our next topic? And I got my mind just started to go wandering and it wandered like way far out into a vague topic. But I thought about um, sort of like the criminal element in alternative ed. And I instantly went, hey, that's a horrible thing to think. But then I thought, wait well, a minute here. Go ahead. Yeah. People think that the kids are criminal. Well, that's exactly what I, I mean, thought. That isn't because they have this bigoted kind of concept of the, the students that we work with. So yeah. exactly. That was it, precisely where my mind was going. I thought, but that's what people think, you know? And um, it, when right. I was thinking about, you know, being a teacher, I would think alternative ed, isn't that where the criminal kids go? And, and uh, you know, don't they smell, <laughs> you know, they smoke, they uh, sell the great dope there. And that's where the teachers, the long hair and the couches are. At least that's what my first administrator right. said. In fact, she had banned couches because she just didn't like that image. Um, but uh, I was told couches are a no-no because we don't want to have little ones yet. <laughs> That's true, too. Oh, man. There was just so many cliches about alt-ed, you know, like uh, the teachers were only a few years older than the students kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, there was a criminal <laughs> element, but having been in all dead so long, there is a criminal element to it, but it is so much more entrenched, complicated, psychologically detailed. It's about family. You know, you and I have both had downright felons. Um, I've had a murderer as a student. He, he wasn't a, a murderer as a student, but at, he was released from the program, and it turns out that he was involved in a murder later. Um, I've had kids who mm -hmm. did some pretty stupid crimes while they were in the programs that I taught. Um, and I also mm -hmm. taught a program well, taught programs that was, as you did, were adjudicated youth. They were actually in the custody of the state, and we were their teachers. So there is that right. element, but it's not like they were sitting around and uh, wearing a bandana, either blue or red. And uh, there was always the proximity of a gang fight happening or things like that. Uh, so no, I worked in places for that. So I did too. There was always that we looked out mm -hmm. for colors and things, and there were certain words or flashes that you looked for. And and I refused to get too right. entrenched with it because it wasn't my culture. But there was a couple times I took down a fight just because. Well, I, I took down this kid once. He was a smaller kid, but. 
he was threatening another kid. And, and so the way I'd break up a fight is I'd take down the kid, put him to the ground, pop up and say, just stay down, just stay down. <laughs> and I'd take it down so fast that they'd just be on the ground so fast and I'd pop up and I'd go, okay, just stay down. And um, that was my way of mm-hmm. handling a physical altercation. I'd, I'd target the one kid. And, right. and then they told me he was the chosen one. And I went, what? <laughs> but that was kind of shocking to me. Later on, I found out he was somehow that he was like a chosen one. That, that never f- came to any uh, threatening fruition to me. But um, yeah, oh. that was, I watched out for stuff like that. But it wasn't like, you know, uh, anything like TV show series, violent you know, altercations. It was, it was mostly managing mm-hmm. kids. Um, right. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's wind this into a yeah. ball of yarn that we can actually, take, yeah, let's, you know, start, start pulling out and start knitting up. I wish we had the public to go, Hey, any questions uh, here? But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, the public perception is that that's where yeah. those kids are those and kids, administrators yeah. will say well those kids board members will say those kids the public will yeah. say those kids and that therein lies part of the rub um because they are our kids they are the children of the community they are the children of the school they belong to well they don't be, none no. of us belongs to anybody right but they belong to all of us they are all of our charges. I mean, as Christy yeah. was saying, we teach in a public domain and our job is to teach every child that crosses that threshold. Yep. Regardless. And we need to remove those barriers. There are barriers that our students have when they come to us. And many of those are uh, emotional, social kinds yeah. of barriers that relationships they have. Uh, that they've developed yes <laughs> right and yeah. so yeah. when they come when they come through that door now we're working in a system where either students are either sent down to the alternative program yeah to um spend time until x y and z because they're suspended and this takes care of it. And, or if they're expelled, they can go down there and that's where they will remain until they finish their high school career. Now there are school districts around the country and actually States where we saw as we were doing the definitions of alternative ed state by state, that many of them were defaulted to behavior programs. Yeah. So they're yeah. looking at behavior modification. Remember Let's that. clarify that and too. So, it's really important that you don't suspend a kid to an alternative program per se to bring them back to the regular school program because well, those are called discipline. Yeah. Go ahead. Those are called disciplinary alternative education programs. Yeah, and that's exactly what they don't work. They do they don't work. That's exactly and what they become is just disciplinary. They don't work. Yeah. Well Today I was today I was reading through the law as it stands in Texas where that yeah. is. And what it is, my understanding is that a student goes down there in order to receive an education while they are suspended. Yeah. Or whatever, for a period of time. And there are different ways that they get 
that they're sent down there and there's different regulations around it. Um, I've read articles about some of these disciplinary programs or even alternative ed where the kids feel as though they are put into a prison because it's lockstep. It's not really a program where the students are allowed much say in what goes on because they are those kids and the teachers tend to be uh, not really open to creating an alternative environment. And what I mean by that is that every alternative environment should be warm, welcome and exactly, exactly caring. And the students should walk through there and they should know that this is a place where they are safe and it should be safe for both the students and the staff. It should be a place where ideas are safe, where words are safe and that we are able to communicate. And the students are coming because much of that is not, they're not able to express that so well, or maybe remember one to 14% is all the impact a school has on a child. The rest is all environmental outside of the school. That could be parents and a lot. So when a kid comes into school and they're very angry, it could be a myriad of things that are going on. <laughs> it always is. Yeah. It can be. And some kids have, it? right. And some kids have really, really rotten lives. Exactly. Yeah. So well, if here's you one of the are going I'm, to have yeah. it, go ahead. Let me, let me just finish this. If you're going to have a disciplinary kind of school, don't you want to have a school where the kids really want to be there? Because why should education be a punishment? Well, I, I don't want to have a disciplinary kind of school. I, I guess I was going to work this into the narrative some somewhere, but you're just going to cut to the chase. The kind of kid that we had that was a criminal element, a gang-involved in, kid, and we knew they were gang-involved because the word was they were, um, we offered an alternative. Um, if it was disciplinary right. and they came to our school and they'd had to watch their P's and Q's for three weeks, they wouldn't even try. We told them, look, you can come here. We'll offer you this place and here are our conditions. You have to come every day. You have to da, 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 da. In return, we offer you a relationship. I offer you a adult mentor relationship. I give you a square deal um, relationship rigor. You know, it's... Um, we offered that with our students. They had a safe haven. Some kids came to us to avoid the gang contact. Mm-hmm. Some kids came to us to to break from that life. Some kids came to us to get to a program that your program over at the high school that 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 plugged into career education to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Some kids found that relationship family other than gang with us they needed something that was stable and had their back and they found it with us because we were stable. I mean, I was always predictable. If they got in trouble, they knew, boom, Mm -hmm. they were in trouble. We talked about it and then we forgot about it. I didn't hold a grudge. It was done. And they knew where my boundaries were. They always knew where my boundaries were. I was always consistent and careful and they knew that too. And so if they follow, and they know you're not going to hit them. Oh, I never did that. They knew I treated them with respect and, and I trusted them and right. they trusted me in return. 
And so we developed a very mature relationship. And a lot of these kids responded incredibly, incredibly so. I mean, I watched kids go from frantic, fledgling gang members to adults in a couple of years. They just broke, like, mm-hmm. just right then and there because they had something to hold on to. We offered that. You can't just throw someone in the classroom, hey, do this in a book. Uh, like offer them a menu of bland vegetables only because that's the diet we offer you. It alternative ed is look, we're going to, I'm going to mentor you as well as teach you. I'm going to, to show you that there are the lines that you have to do. You have to show up every day. You show up every day. I will give you curriculum that is interesting. I will engage you. I will show you why we're doing this, why it's worthwhile to do this. I will give you Mm -hmm. a reason not to go hang out with that gang. If you got again, I'm going to come talk to me. Come talk to me. I'll talk to you. If it that was the whole point of it all. Yeah. So that and I combating think, that criminal behavior just becoming a second family, really. Sometimes. Well, let's take a look at what the criminal behavior is about. I mean, the gangs uh-huh. are about creating a family and a bond with people because you do belong. I mean, they're they're strength in numbers, right? Exactly. And back in the back in the '80s and the '90s, I mean. It was it was almost impossible not to go a day without talking or hearing about gangs. Exactly. And so back then, I was working with some gang members. Um, several I know who had, let's just say, they had some run-ins with some other people, and some of them were left a little cold afterwards. Um, and some of them were caught. Some of them weren't. Some of them are now dead. Um, and then I came over to another program in another district and I started running that and working with other kinds of criminals and, but I don't want to call them criminals. I call them my fifth graders with whiskers because (laughs) they are, because they were so, I told them the first day, look, I don't even know who you are. You don't even know who I am. So let's figure things out together and work stuff out together. And let's not judge until we get further deeper into all of this and we know how we're going to work together. And that worked. And we just had the best time. And I mean, sure, there were times that were rough, but as a family, we were able to get places. We had kids who um, had criminal well, yeah, severe criminal backgrounds because most of them were felons. Yeah. And so working with them, um, they did have issues, but what was good was the fact that we could make education relevant. We could make it fun. We could make it something that they could excel in. They could find their way. And because so many students don't like school because they're not getting it and it makes no sense to them. And once they do, and they have those ahas, and that was what made that so wonderful. That's why I dove into my car and sped off to work every day and got there. And I was just so happy. I was so happy to put in so many extra hours. It, I had no qualms about it because the kids, the kids, the kids, um, yeah, And then switching over, you know, the same thing. It's not about the criminal behavior, because think about this. If you start pegging them and call them criminals, 
at that age. Let's not label them that. Let's just say that they're misdirected youth. Some of them. They yeah. didn't, some of them just didn't know it. Well, yeah, they knew better, but, you know, they all had different reasons for doing it. And some of it was stupidity. Some of it was, there was an intent to impress or peer pressure. Mm-hmm. But we have so many angry kids these days because especially post COVID, think about it. These kids had absolutely no structure yeah. for maybe two years. Or they a year and a half. Up, they made up structure of their own, for example, too. Exactly. Yeah. And when they come back to school, all of a sudden they are pushed and they are told that they are going to follow these structures or else. And those are not easy. It's not like a yeah. bellows that can like expand and everything like that, according to what they need. It is, this is the system and you're back in the system and you will obey the system. Yeah. Yeah. So if we have that, and before the pandemic, we already had issues with some of the students and their behavior. Mostly it was because they felt completely disconnected from school. And when that happened, why? And part of it too is the fact that when they come to school, school, if they're coming to school, just be thankful that they show up because for many of them, that's the safest place that they have. Well, that, and to and go back to what I was saying, anything, it wasn't just me at the school with the kids, right. the community, it was the community of it's our alternative everybody. that did that right. too, that made the kids feel safe. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wanted to give the kids the right. kudos too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. the kids, once the kids got in there, then they started, you know, there was a huge change in them. And sure, if you don't have the right kids or if you don't have the right staff, if you don't have the right, what's the word? Yeah. Mission. If you don't exactly. have the right, Environment emphasis on <laughs> it's the environment. It is yeah. the attitude. It is the can do. Yeah. Um, I liked it when Letitia Woodley said that when she came in and they were trying to turn turn a school around, um, there were there were staff members that just didn't get it, and so they just loved them right out the door. And <laughs> loved them right be out the to, door. I love that. <laughs> yes, um, you know yep. because you have to do that. And there are some people who just can't get it. They, they, they still, there's a snobbery yeah. about these students and people just look down on them. And there are people that will use them as virtue signals. But yeah. these are some of the most vulnerable students that we have. These are the students that are never recognized for anything good. These are the students totally who, you well, you hold them accountable, but yeah. you're not yelling at them. Well, yeah, not I mean, throwing things at them. It's no, so I, disconnected from some of their lives. That you have to. There's and they want the. They want to know where the lines are. They want to know that. Mm-hmm. And then they want to. Know they have when they to cross have the them. What happens? Right. And you tell them, and then they go okay, and then they go back, and they go. That's it. That's all. Like, okay. Well, here's here's what they'll <laughs> do though. Yeah. They will ask, what is the line you tell them? And so it's like you draw the line in the sand and they look at you and they have their shoes off and they take their big toe and they make a mark on the other side of the line. They don't go, react. Now what? <laughs> and it's like, come on, don't do that. And then they do it again. They keep doing it. It's like, stop. It's like dealing with little kids, you know, little kids do that. Because they is little kids. A lot of them are just they little are. kids with big bodies. Yeah. 
You know, and I was also but they thinking will cross about that. the line and they're waiting to see what you're, how you're going to react if they do cross that line. And when they do, yeah. you can sit down and you can talk to them. You, I mean, it's kind of this weird thing and, and they're it really is. uncomfortable with it. They do, but they have to learn how to handle that. It's it. There's an adult way to both discipline and be disciplined. And there's a lot of adults that don't know that skill at all. You know, there's a lot of men and women that are in their thirties walking around going, well, if anybody tells me what to do, I'm going to punch them right in the face. And they do. It's like, there's, there's a, you know, democracy is, is actually the, 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 uh, one of the definitions of a democracy is settling our differences without violence. That's why there is democracy, you know? Uh, you can't right. just taking people's stuff or doing this with violence. That's, you know, we have democracy, so we don't, you know, settle our differences with vi- settle our differences with violence. And so you can't just do mm-hmm. that. And so have to talk mm-hmm. about, yeah. I, I still remember one night, it was my first house and I didn't really know my neighbors that well. I mean, I'd met them and we were all cordial. And I came home one night and I pulled into my driveway and there was a group of kids and they were sitting in my front lawn. And I thought, oh. And I pulled into my garage and I got out of my car and I came outside and I said, and they were all getting up. And I said, no, 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 no. You don't need to get up. And they said, it's okay if we sit here. And I said, well, did you do any damage? And they said, no. And I said, so here's all I ask is that when you leave, it looks as good as it did when you came. And they said, really? And I said, yeah, thanks. I said, why did you pick this? And they said, it was the most inviting lawn that was here. It just looked like a place that we could sit. And I said, oh, cool. I said, yeah, you can stay there. I go into my house. Well, I was kind of honored by that. Yeah. I went into my house and all of a sudden, and then I heard a kerfuffle. And I open up my door and the woman across the street is screaming at these kids that they cannot be on my lawn. And I came out and I said, excuse me, what, what is the problem? She said, these kids do not belong on your lawn. And I said, it's my lawn, right? And she said, yeah. And I said, were they keeping you up? She said, no. She said, I don't want them there. And I said, why not? They're not doing anything. She said, they don't belong in this neighborhood. I said, they're not doing anything. They're sitting around talking. She said, but they, they're going to litter. And I said, no, we have an agreement. And she said, I don't want them there. I said, go home. Let me deal with what's in my front yard. Wow. Not your place. I had a similar and experience. Said, yeah. And she was furious. She went home and she, next thing I know, the cops are in front of my house. Not that similar and, experience. <laughs> and I came out and the cops were talking to the kids and I'm like, excuse me, what's going on? They said, is this your house? And I said, yes. And they said, did you call it in? And I said, I no. called nothing in. I know who did. And, and they said, well, who? And I said, the woman across the street. And they said, well, what was the issue? And I said, she wants them not on my front lawn. And they said, why not? And I said, I don't know. Maybe it's because... There's like Hispanic and black and white kids and and some Asian kids. I don't know, because it was a pretty diverse group of kids. And I said, I have no idea. But they're just sitting here quietly trying to like talk to each other. And he said, yeah, I don't see anything wrong. And I said, I don't either. They're in my yard. It's my property. (laughs) 
And so the cop said, whatever. And then he went over and talked to her and he looked over at them and he, and then he left. And um, they came back a couple more times. I think part of it was just to see whether or not she was going to blow a gasket again. But this is how people view alternative ed kids. Exactly. They're going to do something wrong. We got to keep our eye on them. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and you you find what you look for. You do. You find what you look for. Mm -hmm. You do that. And that's so it's so wrong because what I found was that um, these are kids and what they found was that they found a better education a lot of times because the teacher student ratio was lower. Right. I became a big believer in that small education environment or small environment or small teacher and student teacher ratio involved environment can't speak to me. Right. Under the right circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to have that, the right team. We had that ratio of the, it was, a, it was an ideal building. We had the three teachers. We had the, uh, the, had the 35 students. We had the ratio out with assistance in the right areas. Um, but th- yeah, it, it worked really, really well. Oh, we also had that uh, well, we did- child care system that had that parenting class and the mm-hmm. child care center. That was invaluable that those teen parents had uh, a period of, uh, I think a day and access to their children and at will. I got calls all the time saying, Hey, can so-and-so come get their little kiddo? Little kiddo needs some attention. It's like absolutely right away. And that was there too. So, yeah. Well, let's go back to the rest of the country. And we have the inner city where a lot of students are angry and they bring that anger to school. Yep. There's a lot going on in their lives. There's stuff in their environment. I mean, they come from, I'm not going to point out any specific group. I'm just going to say that there are, there are kids who are brought up as victims or kids who are brought up just so angry and scared. And, you know, if you read Ruby Payne, if you read all the other literature, anger is a result of, um, a fear. Just a face of fear. It's a face of fear. Yeah. And and there are people who they don't understand how their interactions sometimes with students are affected. Affected or affected. Affected. Um when yes, affected. Um I'm just mulling this around because it, everything is jumbling in my brain all of a sudden. If you, if you approach a student and say, "Hey, I, it looks like something's up with you. I don't know what it is, but just to let you know, I'm here." And sometimes that's more than enough, but sometimes it's really tough. To say that with somebody who's like barreling down, kind of like um, a giant tank trying to destroy everything in its oh, path. Yeah. You know, uh, did you ever see the movie Precious? I haven't. It keeps popping up. Oh, you haven't? Netflix. I should probably see it. Yeah, yeah that is, that is, that's a must see. Yeah. That is a must see for anybody. And to be honest, it's worth a watch more than once because if you take a look at that 
and the mother. Think about the pain that the mother is going through. But she turns around and she just inflicts that pain right back on her daughter. Think about the daughter and everything that she's been through and why she goes through that. And think about how is, where's the win? These are people who need a win. It doesn't have to be much of a win. There has to be a win. There has to be something that happens where there's fresh air that comes into the conversation that comes into their lives and allows them to express and to just relieve some of this tension (laughs) because there is so much hurt. There is so much hurt. There is so much damage. There is so much that needs to be fixed. I remember Um, that when, you know, when students would say, fuck you summers, I'd go, hold on, come here. (laughs) Let's talk. You can't possibly be that angry at me right now. What's up? You know, it's just, I know mm-hmm. that it's not about me. You know, and some teachers, a lot of teachers just flip like, how dare you say that to me? To me, it was always like a cry for help. It's like, okay, time out. Well, time out, man. <laughs> yeah, that's not well, about me. Th- just recently. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is that just the other day, we had some kids that came in and, and they dropped the F-bomb. Yeah, at you and a staff, and a, no, no, they oh, were just just talking in conversation, and oh, we'd been, yeah, yeah. yeah, and we'd been after them. Hey guys, we need to clean it up. Yeah, I got, I and got a couple on that. One of, and one of the staff members um, has tried really hard to get them to stop, and one of them came back with something that was fairly disrespectful. And sometimes kids will say something in anger. I mean, how many times do we say things in anger in our relationships or when we were kids? (laughs) I mean, how many times did you tell your mother, I hate your guts? I still am apologizing, apologizing to my mom. Sorry again, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry again. But so, I mean, we all said these things and they were very hurtful. Mm -hmm. But then somehow or other, you came back and everything worked its way out. Right. Yeah. You know, getting compliance. What do you get when when somebody complies? It means that they're just going through the actions. There's no sincerity in that. Yeah, it's not my. And I think that what we do with. (laughs) But you know, I think that with our students, um, we have so many teachers that are so ready and willing to toss a kid out the door, Mm -hmm. and write them up for a referral, for this, that, and everything. I mean, how many how many teachers? Think of this. Mm -hmm. Teachers are so blessed. They have the best job in the world, if you think about it, because teachers are passionate about what it is that they teach. And guess what they get to do? They get to come to work every single day and they get to figure out ways to parlay that information and make it understandable in tidbits and bites and all kinds of chunks for the students. And they get to learn a whole lot more. And in alternative ed, we get to learn more about learning. We get to learn more about subjects. We get to learn more about the students. There's so much to learn. It's a thriving kind of brain power that everybody gets. And, you know, if you look at each kid as a puzzle and you get to figure out how do I put this puzzle together, but you do it in tandem with the relationship that you build with the student. 
that you build with the community that you have there. You find ways, you find resources, you work with other people. And we have so many teachers that it's, by golly, you're going to do it this way, and this is how I have everything structured. And they cannot bend. Yeah, They cannot, you know what I'm saying? And either the student's going to do it their way, or the kid's not going to ever learn. Well, no, we're about teaching the kid how to learn. We're about teaching the kid how to be not just a better student, but do you understand what I'm saying? And so why are teachers who don't like to teach still teaching? They have an option. They can leave the space or they can change their attitude and figure out, let's have some fun with this because kids are going to learn a lot better if they're having a blast with it. You got to enjoy the place you're at with the kids that we got, the the criminal kids, (laughs) you know, that's the first thing they stop using that term. I know they came in and they started to like freak out because they enjoyed school for the first time. I remember uh, we had this one kid who was a serious gang banger. He was bald and he couldn't wear his do rag on his bald head. He couldn't wear a do rag at all. We wouldn't let him wear one. And he, he, it, it was almost a deal breaker. It was almost a deal breaker, but he finally came to school. He would do it. And um, he wouldn't smile though ever, but we started to kind of break the ice on him. And after like three months, he would start to kind of laugh and smile. And by the time he graduated two years later, he was a normal human. He would laugh and smile and joke. And he even said it when he graduated, he said, what really, really surprised me about being here at this program was that school was fun. And he said, school's not fun. I thought school was never fun. And I refused to have fun. And you made it fun. It was fun. And I could laugh and have fun. And I enjoy learning now. And I think that was one of the best things I ever heard. He was really, when he mean mugged you, I felt like he could kill you with his eyes. And by the time he graduated, you could just see his smile a mile away. So there you go, man. School's not fun unless it's fun. So why can't it be fun? Like you said, you know, why do we have to do this testing? Do it. Eat your vegetables, only vegetables at every meal. (laughs) Sometimes you have to test just to make sure that you're actually getting through and that your ideas are getting there because you don't know what goes on in those kids' minds. You but why do they have to be because paper, you don't pencil tests? Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. he was kid, a big fan of school after that. Uh, there are so tell. many. Yeah. Well, there's so many students and you don't know whether or not you get through to them too. I mean, yeah. I went to go see the movie natural born killers. If this gives you an idea of how long ago this was. And I came out and I was with friends of mine and this hooded figure came over to me in the parking lot and said, Tony, give me turned around and I said, hi. (laughs) And the kid said, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. And he said, it's so good to see you. The people I was with were freaking out. They're like, Oh my God, you're going to be mugged. Come on, come on, get to the car. And I sat there and I said, no, no, it's okay. They said, no, because this guy, his eyes were blazing. I mean, he was just, I suppose that to anybody else, he would look really dangerous, but I knew the kid. I taught him and I taught his sister. 
And he looked at me and he said, I'm really excited because I've made some decisions. And I said, cool. And he said, I want to go back to school. And I said, excellent. Where are you going to go? And he said, well, back to the school, meaning the school where I was teaching at the time. And I looked at him and I said, that's fantastic, but I don't work there anymore. He said, what? What? You, you, I, but I need you to be there. And I said, I'm sorry, I, I have another job now. And he said, oh, shoot. And then he said, what about this teacher? And I said, you know, they've been gone a year. He's like, are you kidding me? Then why would I go back to school? And I said, I said, because you're doing it for yourself. And you know that there's other teachers there that you're going to be able to bond with. I said, there's so-and-so and so-and-so. And he said, oh, yeah, I forgot about them. And I said, yeah. I said, and you know that the director is there. Oh, yeah. Well, what about this one? Nope, they're gone, too. And he said, dude, dude, I got to have you guys as teachers because you're the ones that I could listen to. And I said, well, it sounds to me like you're getting pretty open. So do you want me to tell them that you want to come back? He said, you still talk to them? And I said, of course I do. So I let them know. And I don't know what happened with him, but. Um, he was listed as one of the most dangerous gang members in the city. Really? At that, at wow. that time. And it was funny because I got to the car with my friends and they were looking at me going, what do you think you were doing? I said, that's one of my students. They said, oh, is that who you teach? And that's I said, yeah, he's a really nice kid. They said, he looked like he was on drugs. And I said, yeah, well, he's probably smoking dope. Probably. <laughs> Probably was on drugs. <laughs> and he did look a little scary, especially since we came out of that movie. But, um, you know, yeah, people yeah. have to remember their children. Some of them grow up. But as I told yeah. one of my students the other day, I said, Some of them you know, <laughs> No, they do grow up. Some of them do. Some of them do. Oh. Um, I told one of my students the other day, I said, you know what? You're actually like an eight-year-old. You're like a little oh, boy yeah. in, a, in a big man's body. And he just started giggling. And he said, yeah, I think that's probably true. The guy, the kid, and I said, so our, yeah. he stole a car, so our he was running is, at a church, yeah. and he just jumped in it and stole it. Drove it for a week to school. I told him, you're driving a stolen car. Do you have a license? No. And then he just returned it. He got caught with it. The deal was he just returned it. And he got away with it. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, I'm sorry. Well, I had a student who stole yeah. stole a city councilman's car and was caught two blocks later. Oh. And I went down because we were gonna I was touring. I had I had a colleague who was now working at the state juvenile detention facility. And I went down mm -hmm. there because I was curious about a certain group of felons and how they dealt with it because it was a brand new kind of branch of uh treatment. And I went down there. And she looked at me and she said, oh, we got to go to the different rooms. And I, I said, what do you mean? She said, well, there's people that'll love to see you. And I walked up and I looked through the window of one and all of a sudden these kids turned around and looked at me and they said, Tony, and they started waving at me. <laughs> and then <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> and we walked into another classroom and she said, okay, here we are. And I looked over and there's one kid and he put his head down 
And I said, is that you? And I said the kid's name. And, and I said, lift your head up. And he did. And I said, what have you learned from this? And he said, that you're everywhere. And I said, oh, stop. I said, maybe <laughs> stealing somebody's car is not a good thing to do. No kidding. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, remember, the teenage brain isn't fully developed until they're 24, really. I, and I, so uh, they're bound I, to uh, do pretty stupid things i let the teenage girls know that all the time when the guys are all goofing off i go you know on behalf of all teenage guys everywhere i am so sorry you have to deal with these idiots (laughs) so they're useless still about 25 years old i am so sorry (laughs) but my question is why do we allow the community to call them criminals yeah. Just because they look maybe a little frightening. And yeah, some of them some of them do have a criminal type mentality, but that's they're still human. And so when you debase these children, really they are children, when you debase them and call them these names, it makes them less than human in your eyes. And Groups let's it does. It certainly labels yeah. them, doesn't it? And then yeah. you wonder why they act that way when you've already labeled them that way. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think that the strongest thing, the one thing that they all want to know is a sense of belonging. They all need to be able to have a safe haven. And if a student comes to school every single day and doesn't do anything, the catch is, why are they coming to school every day? And it's <laughs> those, it. it's, yeah. it's those relationships. It's the fact that they feel yeah. safe. Think of the kids that don't want to leave school. Why don't they want to leave school? Because mm-hmm. they, they don't have anything else. So yeah. in a sense, school becomes a social haven, but, and then the learning can come. Or maybe it doesn't come at all, but you've provided something safe. We had a program called Alternative to Expulsion. And they put somebody in there, and I thought it was the most inappropriate placement. And people came to me because in a meeting, that person was told, you need to develop a relationship with those students. And this teacher said, but I only have them for nine weeks. How can I develop a relationship with students that I have for only nine weeks? And I started getting phone calls about this. <laughs> what? Said, Who is this person? Nine yes, weeks? Yes. I could develop a relationship yeah. in two minutes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. I was saying, you know, I meet kids and we already have a good relationship after like 10, 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. And I said, I told you that I thought that this was an inappropriate placement. Well, here's here's the humdinger and that is school districts have to find a placement for a teacher and they have to give first preference to teachers who need to be assigned rather than riff them uh, if that makes sense oh does it does i mean so it it, it goes back <laughs> well it goes back to what we said in a in an episode much earlier yep who are they putting in these placements 
to teach these kids? Yep. Is it always the right placement or are they just throwing people in there because it's convenient and because yep. they have to, because of the union agreement, the contract. Yeah. And that's not, and what should be is the district should be doing what's best for the students, not best for the admin, not best for the teachers, but best for the students. That then, is definitely as, the tail wagging the dog there. It's who cares about yeah. the students. We just need to stick some teachers somewhere. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, no, you're very, you're, you're right on. Yep. So I'm, I don't know. I think we can go round and round and round on this. I think we agree on it. Um, but what we need to look at is how do we disperse some of that anger that comes in? How do we change these attitudes that people have of it? And I think that what we can do in our next episode, let's take a look at uh, much of the data with the, yeah. let's call them disciplinary alternative education programs that aren't just in Texas, but are in other states and how those come out because kids say that they are like prisons. And if we want to get rid of that prison pipeline, why don't we take away some of the systems that we have in place that have students looking towards that? Well, it's that premise of you find what you look for. So if we want to get rid of the prison pipeline, then let's stop making that pipeline look like prison. Exactly. Exactly. There's so much irony in this whole thing. Isn't it? It's just incredible. We want, we don't want you to hate school, but we're going to make school just completely loathable. And we're going to punish you with school. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you like school? It's like, I'm a runner. Why don't you like school? Yeah, I was like that thing. I'm a big time runner, and, and I kind of resent the fact that that some people use my sport as punishment. That's not fair. <laughs> well, there are normal people, Philip. Who I know, but there are people that like to run. I don't run fast. <laughs> you should see me. It looks more like fast moving forward, somewhat. It's strange now. It's not really running anymore. But yes. anyway, okay. Well, I think that we need to wrap up. All right. So. So here's what we need to look at. Let's stop labeling the kids that go into alternative ed because they are children. Secondly, let's create safe, let's call it loving, but appropriate love. Um, Let's call it safe, loving, caring, welcoming spaces where they can feel as though they can be themselves. Respectful, what a great term. Um, And also restorative. Yeah, I think restorative. I, I I think restorative should be a really strong I, word for that too. I, I'm a fairly liberal guy, but outside the frou frou, respectful or I mean, safe or whatever, like just a a basically respectful environment where everybody's you know yeah. But I think it needs to be, to be welcome where yeah. every student feels welcome, wanted, and needed. Yeah, yeah, and heard and everybody seen. wants that because. <laughs> Everybody wants that. Everybody wants to be in a place like that. Yeah. And we have all these people who are saying, we want all these things and da-da-da-da-da. And then when it comes, when the rubber hits the road, they refuse to even acknowledge these students. Exactly. So, yeah. So I think that we need to celebrate these students. I think we need to celebrate their teachers. I think that we need to you know, look at all their programs and 
let's figure out how we make every program, even a disciplinary program, how do we do that so that the students feel valued and not like a number like they did at the high school. So um, let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at that for next week. And we will see you then. Hello. Adios, adios, Philip, and ciao.